Welcome to the Fireside Chat, presented by Rotographs and Pitcherlist. Sit back, relax, and enjoy Paul Spore and Nick Pollock. Welcome to episode 685 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Friday, May 10th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, and it's another Fireside Chat, which means I'm joined by Nick Pollock. Nick! How are you? What is happening? I'm doing all right. I see you all in this hoodie, this beautiful RBI baseball hoodie, but it looks like it's cold over there. It's chilly, man. It's a little <laughs> chilly, and I'm not, I'm not digging it. Uh, we, uh, you know, we thought we were getting the good weather. We've gotten some torrential rain here. Mm. I've been in Austin for a long time. Can't suggest that I would, I would memorize weather patterns that well, so I could be off base here. But I can't remember a time that we got this kind of. Uh, insane rain on multiple days, like where it's just flash flooding and absolutely bananas. And now it's now it's tamped down. The weather first couple times the weather was stayed upper seventies or whatever. Now it's like sixty, which is a jolt after you were in the eighties and even nineties a bit. Right, no. Plus, I hate. I mean, let me let me be clear. I would hate it no matter. So I'm not trying to make it sound like, oh, I, this really gets me only because of the weather change. I Anything below like 65 and I'm already in, in a mood. Right, yeah. But uh, yeah, down to 60 now when, when you were sitting 80s, it's it's like velo, man. You know, when you're – when you're when you're sitting ninety five or when you're sitting ninety nine, that's great. That ninety four ninety five really uh, <laughs> really feels a lot different. So now, uh, yeah, that, that's what I'm dealing with here. That's why I'm hoodied up big. Now time. with that weather, though, what better time to have a fireside chat? Exactly. Let's let's heat it up and <laughs> uh, and, and 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 get fiery. There we go. And you know what? We're getting back to our roots here. We've got this, we've got some it's interesting. Not a solo. It's not a solo quite yeah. like it was uh, on the the birth of this via uh, by way of discussing Luis Castillo, but it's getting back to the roots of just deep diving two guys, two guys that we liked, one that we love, one of our boys yeah. that I think just a week ago we were like, ah, yeah, he's one of our boys doing really well, and also, you know, if, boom, just like that. We talk about, you know, I call it the volatility zone, uh, just this period that we're in where things can kind of still flip on a dime, and we're still very much in it. Uh, it's May 10th, you know, two bad starts, all of a sudden the numbers are looking one way, um, a hot week from a hitter, and all of a sudden his slow start has turned into a, a good start. You know, Justin Turner, remember when he, remember when he had a bad power start? Oh, yeah, what, right, what and all you, of a sudden, there you go, done. Yeah, what if you didn't really look at uh, – you don't have Justin Turner on any team. You didn't look at him at all. You weren't really aware. You'd go look and you'd had no idea that he started slow in power because he already has he has five homers now. He had three in one game. He's had all five in like a week. But anyway, what we're talking about today is Joe Musgrove who hit that volatility zone in a bad way. And you Darvish who has just been bad more or less all year. He's shown a few signs here and there. But for the most part, he's been a challenge to have on a team and uh, and and know when to start. And I think people are getting really, really nervous about uh, Darvish. So who do you want to start with? Uh, let's start with uh, you, Darvish, because I think that's I think that's an easier one to a talk bit more about. I th- th- there's some crazy numbers with him. Uh, first of all, in his last five starts, only one has been under seven strikeouts. So positive. that's I like that that's, you start with a positive. Right. It, it's it's like we we have this perception of Darvish is just lost and done and it's over and this is so terrible mm-hmm. the 5.4 ERA. This is like the same thing we saw last year, right? We had eight starts of 
a 5 e array essentially with this terrible yeah. whip the 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 walk rate around 12% actually this year it's 19 last year it was I was going to say the walk rate is is, is what's really difficult well, right. to swallow with Darvish so but last year i mean we had more of an understanding of a oh, man things aren't working right the slider isn't going the you know having the movement that we expect and it just looks so confusing this year it's <laughs> it's crazy the stuff is actually there uh, the the ball is moving all over the place, but it's so much that it's feral command. Ah, the Aaron Sanchez <laughs> problem. Right. One of my favorite of your phrases. Um, Dude, I, yeah. I, I don't think I've mentioned that all year, actually. That hasn't been a good no, guy for it. So we haven't really talked about Aaron Sanchez, and I know he was kind of the, the, the start of that. But, yeah, it's been remarkably feral command for Darvish. Uh, Nick, he can't get anything going as far as limiting walks. And, you know – a 7.4 hit rate on its face isn't too bad, but with all these walks, it you, you pretty much have to be like a reliever who, like Leclerc, who allows four hits but then walks all these guys. Right. You can't you, you can't still allow seven. So, yeah. um, do you think it's anything tied to? Remember that blister he had late in spring? Yes. Is there any chance that that's still? Uh, we haven't heard it pop open. I feel like that would have been mentioned, but is there anything to that? I mean. Why is it so bad? He's always had walk issues, let's say, or 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 never not been afraid of of the walk, Darvish, because he'll nibble, particularly he'll get you in an O two count and spike three uh, curveballs, which used to drive me absolutely insane. But uh, this year, I mean, you and I could take a walk off of him. Yeah, no, it's easy. He throws a. It's actually exactly a forty percent zone rate right now. <sighs> Thirty nine point nine. I'm sorry, not exactly. I'm point one off. That's so right. Bad. That's, that's terrible. Eight points down. Eight nine points down from, or excuse me, seven points down. Right. From His career average is a forty four. Taking this into account, though, I uh, so I want to say like it, normally we do see around a forty five. Sometimes it's sure. higher than that. Even like Tanaka has, I think, if I'm thinking correctly, it's like a forty one percent. Even from Tanaka, mm-hmm. the guy that excels on O swings. But here's the thing too. It's the lowest contact rate of his career too. Guys are actual legit whiff rate, not even swing strike. I'm talking about the legit whiff rate is the best of his career at 40%. So okay. that that to me is saying, oh. Legit whiff rate meaning swings swing, and misses I, inside the zone? No, no, no. Swings and misses on every swing. On swings. Swings right. being the denominator, right. not just pitches. Swing strike rate is for all pitches and then whiff yes. rate is for only when they attempt to hit the ball. Um, which is annoying because I just want them all to be whiff rate. Just make it Agreed. all whiff rate. We never talk about when batters swing. Agreed. <laughs> but whatever. That's fine. I uh, The thing for me, for Darvish, is that he has to – he's just going to figure this out in some way. I know this isn't the answer that people want me to say, to give. They want more of an explanation. But I legitimately just feel this is something that, oh, okay, he's something is off right now. I don't think it's an injury-related aspect. You're talking about that blister. Maybe there is a feel part of it that is missing at the moment. Okay. But, but this feels to me something like, you know, I don't know if you've ever played an instrument before, Spore. Uh, I, I imagine you ride a bike. And bike. you know that yes. moment when it's so hard and all of a sudden your body just gets it and you can ride a bike now and everything is yep. fine. And you don't know when that plateau will start turning to another peak. But this is what's going to happen this year. I would be very surprised if Darvish doesn't figure this out. And when he does, good news, his stuff is still there. So for me, if I'm a Darvish owner, I'm just seeing this out. And it's not even like he's really destroying you. I understand if he wasn't getting you anything back, 
those six walks. I get it, and the whip has been terrible too. But I mean, just two starts ago against Arizona, it was a one whip with one earned run in six six innings with eight strikeouts too. And it's well, that was the frustrating thing is uh, we had ridden three good starts or you know three solid uh, starts to kind of finish out the month a on a three twenty four ERA with twenty three strikeouts and sixteen and two thirds. So I you know kept him ranked as a must start going into May. And then uh, 11 walks in eight innings here has yielded six runs in those eight innings. So against Arizona, still the fastball wasn't there. That wasn't the answer for it. So so those that want to say like, oh, hey, he did figure out how to ride a bike. And then he didn't. No. No, the fastball still was lost. So we haven't been able to check off that box yet. When that fastball is working. To get a good fastball game. Right. Once that's going... I think once he has that foundation, everything will be fine. I do expect that to happen. Hopefully, he could just play the Marlins over and over again. That would be cool. But unfortunately, I don't get to set the he schedule. He walked six Marlins, though, too. <laughs> Whatever. He got some strikeouts. Yeah, yeah, one hit, one earned run. All right. It's a bad whip. I get it. But still, it's not so terrible for your week. Uh, obviously, you want him to go more than four innings, so maybe he can get a win. Possibly. Uh, but the, the whip is the killer here. Right. Uh, well, that because... that's the main thing. Yeah, the ERA at 540 is bad, but you're talking like a handful of runs and all of a sudden it'd be low fours or high threes. Right. Like it, it's not it's not that far from an ERA that you can uh you, that you can tolerate, but the whip is what's the killer with Darvish, right? Right. Now. I mean, it's that 8 8 walk per nine. So <sighs> I I just I have to think like he's going to throw more in the zone with that fastball. He's going to give into it. And yes, it probably means that he'll have more hits. That hit per nine is not going to be that good. That's but, fine, though. Right. Uh, and also not to mention, I mean, it's crazy to see a two homer per nine at this point. But at the same time, with such a bad fastball, that makes sense. So even if you say, oh, if he throws more in the zone, well, that homer per nine won't go away. Well, it's going to come with better fastballs, too, which means guys exactly. just won't be sitting dead red. They won't be like, is it a fastball down the middle of the he, plate? No? Okay, I'm not swinging. That's pretty much yeah, what they're doing now. Yeah, he backs himself into a corner right to to exacerbate the home run issue he did something similar last year too that's why it was at 1.6 i think like a 1.1 rate for for darvish is is fair i think that's what you can probably expect now this is a true buy low this is a stinky one and and when you you know i've i've railed against this before and we talked about it on on a different episode with justin about you know people who say buy lows for guys that are easy to go buy low on you can see it on the underlying metrics everyone understands that this guy is going to be fine they're not actually a buy low right right this right. is a buy low yes you are considering cutting darvish it's ugly now the upcoming slate is a trip to cincinnati next week which the park isn't great but that offense has not been worrisome and then a two start week with philly and cincinnati both at home are you saying that in a in a twelve or fifteen team league, you would be open to going and buying Darvish if yes, you're trying to. I know, I know, it sounds crazy, but yeah, I think I am. I know. I mean, it, it's not yeah. going to cost you a lot, and maybe you even buy him to kind of reserve him a little bit, right? If if you're if you're not yet comfortable. Now, I'm not one. I'm not a huge fan of the like sit them until they're good, um, because I, I think that 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 can be a waste. I think this is a, a case where I'm open to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't like it with somebody like an Aaron Nola where well, it could just flip on a right, dime or, right. or sale. I heard that used for sale. So, so guys who have a tiara is what you're saying you don't want to do that with. The turn it yes. around right away guy. Turn it around and, right I, away. I mean this could be one of those but it's a longer period of time. Like this could be – I mean I, I've given June 1st moving forward for Darvish. That's pretty much been like if okay. this is not here at June 1st, there's – okay, I'm moving on. 
But you got about four more, star- four or five right. more starts before and, you're and, really saying get out of here or stay and, on and my team. Think about that. I mean, four, four, four or five starts. You have to think Darvish returns by then, right? Yeah, I mean. This could be a good matchup here against Cincy next week at, at Cincy. Uh, they have the eighth lowest uh, walk rate against righties, Ooh. and they have a, a relatively high strikeout rate here. It looks like they're uh, they're tenth, and that doesn't even account for ties. Because like uh, to me, there's no difference between twenty six point four and twenty six. Right. Those are all twenty six percent. So it's probably like the the fifth highest total, but they rank tenth mm-hmm. uh, when when you don't account for ties. So Cincinnati could be a good matchup here for Darvish. Um, the long ball obviously could be a problem, but if he doesn't paint himself into those corners, he can attack them and, and hopefully we can start to see some things with the fastball. So that's what you're looking for. Start to start is fastball command. Yes. 100%. It's just about, is he able to, to hit some edges? Is he getting behind in counts with that fastball? I mean, first strike rate is now just 52.5%. That's not good. Mm-hmm. So just look for that fastball to get ahead. Uh, the slider is still always going to be good. It's also dropped in zone rate as well. 10 points. But I really think you can just look at the fastball. The fastball is there. Everything else will come with it. I agree with that. That's you, Darvish. All right. Now let's talk about the tough one. Yeah, this is a hard one. Because it flipped on a dime, dude. Yeah. Like I was feeling great, you know, uh, about Joe Musgrove and where where I was with him and what he was doing. And obviously I'm not sitting there thinking a sub two ERA is going to continue. But I'm like, this is this is going well. I'm enjoying watching his starts. We're getting some punch outs to go with everything. Um, and then, boom, dime, flipped. Last two starts, disasters. Uh, one against Oakland, they roughed him up for seven. Five of them were earned in just two and two-thirds. Very next start at St. Louis, just last night, eight earned in three innings. What's going on with Joe Musgrove? Yeah, okay. So the changeup wasn't good yesterday. Uh, that was one thing I should mention. But, I mean, I watched, I watched a decent amount of this one. And I was a little bit frustrated just because, uh, well, first you had the Marcel, Marcel Ozuna bat, uh, bat with two L's. And, uh, <laughs> and no one else is going to get that. No, uh, but uh, that's uh, the first pitch of that at bat was a strike. And it wasn't even like under, it wasn't at the edge of, on inside or down. It was well inside the box. It was clearly a strike. It was just caught poorly, but it was called a ball, 1-0. Then he gets ahead with two excellent fastballs, or actually a fastball and a really good curveball, 0-2 or 1-2 at this point, and then loses him. And it was it was like that. I like, got to 0-2 on uh, on Dijon, got to 0-2 on Yadier Molina, got to uh, 0-2 on Jose Martinez. Actually, it, was it to Dijon? It doesn't matter. He got to a lot of deep counts and just oh, just lost it. And it was the so slider was still great. Yeah, it, it was. Everything was good, and the fact is, this four seamer was averaging ninety two. We've been kind of scared about seeing like ninety one a bit from him. That velocity actually was ninety two, ninety three to begin, and then he got gassed. I mean, he had to throw a lot in succession. He threw over seventy pitches last night. He only got nine outs, five so, walks. Yeah, and it slowed down for him, which is very understandable. So he, I did notice that he was pulling out a little bit. It was a lot more of misses away from right-handers and down, which is often a thing of the top half coming across too soon and uh, not waiting for your hips. So essentially you're not going straight line all the way through. You're teetering off and falling to the left a little too early, and that will pull everything in that direction. Just think of it like when you finally turn your hips, where are your shoulders squared to? That's where you're going to go to. So if you pull your shoulders a little bit too far to the left, that's where everything's going to go. 
I uh, I think that's a simple tweak from him. I want to, you know, I saw this line. I didn't get to watch it yet. So I went, okay, let's just go in. Let's see what's going on. First thing I thought, okay, velocity is going to be down. It wasn't. Okay, he's no. not going. To, he's not getting ahead of guys. He was. He wasn't able to put him away. He threw a bad changeup to Molina. That stayed up. That was an RBI double. He got 0-2 to uh, the aforementioned Jose Martinez. He was supposed to go up and in with the fastball, but he pulled it down and away. It was actually off the plate slightly, and then Martinez poked it to right for a single. I, uh, I mean, then it just got worse. And he walked more guys, etc. I'm Wait, not. What's getting- yeah, he was getting so, behind more often, only a fifty percent first pitch strike right. rate. So no, that, definitely that was down, and and that kind of pinned pinned uh, Musgrove into a bit of a corner. But th- there were some positive. Continue on because I yeah. I think you got more to so, say, and then I'm going to tell you where I'm nervous. So so I'm I mean I'm conflicted on two sides here. Um, on, on one, yeah, I am scared that maybe this is two starts in a row, and he hasn't. You know, his command is not where he wants it. We want it to be. There was even some talk of tipping that I addressed this morning in the first pitch podcast. I saw that, and uh, I don't know if I really want to buy into that. I uh, now the underlying numbers. Let's actually just talk about what is where the numbers telling us. Well, it's a twenty percent K rate right now and eleven point five percent swing strike rate, which is to the point of yesterday's game of not being able to finish guys off. I uh, left on base rate is ridiculously low at fifty four percent, while his home run fly ball is two point five. So that kind of balances out. That's why you see that four twenty ERA with a four fifty Sierra. They're pretty close, and that's just because of those two numbers kind of saying, all right, one's bad, one one's really good. So. Those should kind of normalize if you see those two. I, mm-hmm. uh, I, I mean, someone actually pointed out on Twitter, man, this is kind of nuts between Tyone and Musgrove of left on base rate of uh, being like yes. stupid low. Is there something to that? Maybe it's well, pitch calling. Maybe that is an actual part of it. Is that you're not trying to put away guys right, and you're relying too much on contact in the field, or maybe they're figuring things out at second base and relaying that. I don't well, I know. know some of this stuff later in, in outings was uh, relievers, too. Mm. The bullpen certainly didn't help. I know uh, Tyon had a couple uh, different blowups where the relievers ended up, uh, you know, letting the bases clear there uh, as well. So so as far as the bottom line for me with Musgrove is that I think the skill set is still there. Yet it has dropped a little bit in the last two starts. But, I mean, he's still getting a 20% uh, swing strike rate on that, on that changeup. The slider is still really good. The curveball is actually pretty good, too. And I think over time, I mean, actually, pretty much three pitches of an 18% swing strike rate. Mm-hmm. I think over time, this is fine. This is a bit more of a blip than it is a long-term, oh, we were we missed this one. And maybe he is a Pease that is a poor execution, awesome stuff guy, ultimately. Uh, my yeah. inst- my instinct is that this is two starts and we're they're tightened because they're back to back, and it's early yep. in the year. He's only had seven starts on the year, so we're reacting a little more strongly because of that. Uh, and it maybe maybe he does struggle in the next one. I don't think again, like Darvish, I don't think this is a, a season long problem. And I would like to hold him unless there is a surefire. I know this guy would be helping me. I mean, there are a lot of there are a lot of guys I, I've been asking questions about Eikhoff and Weaver. And I want both of those guys, too, on my team. So yeah. I totally understand if right now you need to make a swap for Weaver. Sure. But I want to hold a Musker for the rest of the season. Yes. So do I, man. Like, I, I just. The one thing, the one concern I have, though, is particularly health, possibly some health mm. issue. When you when you see the spike of, of seven walks in, in five and two thirds, you know, 17 percent walk rate, the the first pitch strike rate going way down although it wasn't down in the first game of of the of the bad games here but the last night it was 
that that's the thing that has me concerned is is is, is losing the command because something's barking or 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 there's some sort of issue that's something i'm going to keep an eye on but if he gets shelved i'm still going to stick it out then because that's actually going to that that'll then be the answer now we'll we'll see what the injury would be and then kind of go from there i'm not running away from this though i mean you're still talking about somebody with a 298 fib um because these two bad starts are really doing all the damage on Joe Musgrove's ledger. Right. And I mean, he was brilliant through April and it's so frustrating to see it just washed away with two ugly starts. So yeah, I'm sticking with him too. I I don't think that there's any reason to move on at this low point, particularly if you were trading because you're going to get lowballed and I sure as heck wouldn't cut him. Oh no. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. I mean, in a league of Weaver and Igoff are on the waiver wire, I have to think there's someone else you can drop for those guys. And I would love to have both of them and and Musgrove on my team. Uh, yeah. Small correction. It was, He struck out DeJong. This is what I remember. He struck out DeJong to end the inning. It was an 0-2 okay. pitch. The opportunity to single against Jose Martinez. 0-2 against Molina. And then Fowler hit that ground rule double on one that was supposed to be inside of that fastball. And he actually overcorrected everything. And it leaked too far out over the plate for him to turn on that. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm still good with, uh, with, with Musgrove. And then that at bat against Carpenter was, I remember that one. Oh, he was so close with pitches though. It wasn't like, like it wasn't him being so wild, you know, it that's what this wasn't was. It was, they were all so close to the plate in that one. And I just, I just, I'm not getting the feeling of someone that just is so gone at this point that like, oh man, who is this? I don't know this. Like we were freaking out about Matt Strom. Matt Strom looked terrible in that first start. That was a legitimate yep. freak out because I the guy right there, he wasn't pitching well. And I He's get been that. Fantastic I know. Isn't it's, it's weird. I feel dirty about it because I'm still not so enthused about Matt Strom. Uh, yeah, I know I know you haven't quite come back on board. Like I know the Velo's down. He hasn't brought the the reliever Velo. Well But it, I don't know, the strikeouts have come around. And uh, yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty I mean, geeked on I mean, Strom again. Well, the Strom, you just yeah, you keep starting him and all that stuff. The slider isn't missing bats like I wanted to. That that's really the big thing. And the changeup and curve are fine. I want the fastball to be. Like this is regarding 92. Strom. Strom, Strom's last velocity yeah. was like 90 and change, and he's supposed to be like at 92. We even saw that in the spring; it was 90, uh, 92 that's- or so. And that I, was the surprising thing is they didn't hold the spring velo for, right. for strong. That's what kind of generated some of the excitement there. But, uh, you know, 26% uh, strikeout rate in his last four outings. He's been fantastic. I think you make a good point about Musgrove with with both of them. With the two stars being back-to-back, it's particularly frustrating. I think that's what even puts the little injury bug in my head sure, just yeah. to be that's, mindful of. Yeah, that's good. But beyond that um, – I, I, I'm I'm sitting tight here. I'm not I'm not going to overreact over two bad starts. I'm not I'm not cutting him. I, I can't I can't do I it either. Um, I just I can't see it. There are extenuating circumstances if you're like in an eight teamer or something and you're churning all the time. Sure. I mean, in a in a ten teamer, I understand it too. I'm not even kidding because yeah. he will be out in the wire. No one's going to pick him in a ten teamer. And ten teamers that, are true. there are often a lot of guys. I mean, I can imagine some had Caleb Smith still there like two weeks ago. You know, so I, I can get that. A ten teamer, it's a it's a different animal. It's a different it's a different story altogether. That said, um, Musgrove gets a two start next week. When mm-hmm. it, whenever you start on Thursday, there's a good chance you're going to get a two start if your team plays enough games. And he goes to Arizona and to San Diego. So um, I'm in. I'm in. Let's do it. I'm I'm fully in. I'm not I'm not benching him. I'm yeah, not. No. And I I kind of have a rule too. If you can't start a guy on a two start, uh, he shouldn't be on your team. That's not a Again, that's, that's a good rule. Doing like circumstances. That. Yeah. 
you know, if it's like Dodgers in LA and at Colorado or something, and it's a fringe starter, I, again, you can create circumstances, but by and large, that's, that's where I start. Right. My starting point is, oh, I can't start this guy. Let me investigate why and whether or not he needs to be taking up a roster spot then. At Arizona, at San Diego, that could be a get-right week for Joe Musgrove. I'm sticking with him. So we're sticking with both guys, Darvish and Musgrove. Yep. We're looking for fastball command with Darvish first and foremost. Can he get the fastball in the zone consistently? Honestly, I'll take fastball control right now. Command, you know, uh, I, I, no, I harp on the difference being control is putting the ball in the zone no matter uh, command is putting it where you want it in or out of the zone. Ideally fastball command, but I'll take fastball control. Get it in the zone more regularly here. That's what I'm looking for. How much is Wilson Contreras having to yank his glove all around? Can he even frame some of these pitches? With Joe Musgrove, um, I'm just kind of watching him at, at, on a wholesale thing. I'm not looking for one individual thing because, as you mentioned, a lot of the stuff was actually working la- last night. Uh, the close thing is kind of going his way. If he brings the walk rate back down, this was a five-walk game. Uh, there's not any one thing to look for. Just watch his start and kind of assess it start to start for Joe Musgrove. Yeah, I, right? I, I would say I want, I'm curious how he puts away guys. Uh, okay, yeah, when he gets in. Yeah, right, you, you because so, so Jose Martinez, he tried to throw a fastball to him, and that turned into a single against Molina. It was a changeup. Uh, and then he did strike out Dejong with a slider. I like that. I want to see him try and use those sliders and curveballs more often, deeper in counts. Maybe that's just an easy fix for him. Uh, but I mean, I'm remembering now the two walks he gave to Carpenter were just such, they were so close. Like It was four pitch walks each, and you hear that and go, oh, you're so wild. They were like right there. And it's crazy when you watch, uh, you know, we talk about box score scouting versus watching, and, and it can be so different. Right. You can watch how a start unravels, and you see like six earned runs. Uh, and obviously, in this case, it was eight, but you, you see like a five, six, seven earned run game, and you're like, well, there's no way that could have been good. And then you watch it and you're like, wow, that really got away from him. And it was probably a two to three run outing. And then sometimes they just get crushed, too. I'm not saying it's always like that. But that's why you got to you know, read the roundup. If you can't watch every game, obviously, we know you all can't. That's what we try to do. You know, we try Let to us do bridge that you. gap for you. <laughs> so you got to read the roundup. That's why you got to read profiles on guys to see see what's going on under the hood because just not all numbers are created equally. But stick, stay tight with these two guys um, that you could really get a boon if, if you hold and and prey on some some panicked folks with Darvish and Musgrove and uh, go knock on the door of the Musgrove guy today and see if he's really panicked. I would I'd be open to buying him. Yeah, no, definitely. I think that's a really good idea. All right, Nick, that's going to wrap it for this fireside. Next week, we'll go positive. We'll, we'll talk about some folks that go. we're excited about. We had to get a little bit on the negative side here, at least assess two guys that we like and, uh, and, and try to calm the masses here as we go forward. Start to start with these guys. All right, Nick, have a good one. Talk T- to you later. Take care. It's fun hanging with you by the fireside. Thanks for listening to today's fireside chat with Paul Spore and Nick Pollock. Follow both Paul and Nick on Twitter at Spore and at PitcherList.